Well, guys, welcome. Glad you're here with us on a Tuesday night. I'm excited to be with you all this evening. It's gonna be a great night. Can't wait to hang out uh, afterwards and uh, spend some time eating some s'mores together. S'mores, however you say it. I'm excited about it. Uh, glad you all are here with us. Uh, we're gonna be continuing in, like D-Chan said, in our series called Faith That Works as we walk through the book of James. And I would ask you this question off the top is, is this, is would you like your life to be described as like more grounded, more rooted, more wisdom? Like, would you like those things in your life? My guess is that all of you would say yes to that question. And I think if you're here on a Tuesday night, you're kind of exploring this faith thing, you've been doing it for a while, you're asking the question, uh, man, how can I grow in that and grow in my walk? That's the beautiful thing about the book of James is he just so clearly lays out some wise steps that we can take in our lives. And if you take these steps, your life, is going to be full of more wisdom. I wanna read you, we're gonna be in James chapter one, verses nine through 11 tonight, and I wanna go ahead and read this passage to you, and then we're gonna spend some time talking about it. It says this, it says, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plants. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. So if I'm being honest with you, sometimes when I'm reading through the book of James, it's, uh, it's like right there, practical wisdom laid out for you. Uh, this passage is not that for me off the top of the reading, right? But as I studied it, as I, I sat with it more, I really feel like there's such practical pieces of wisdom in here that are great advice for us as young adults, but for all believers, I think we just have to take some time to unpack what does this mean and what can it mean in the context of our lives. So I have a main point tonight, and this is the main point, that regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your condition, you should take pride in your position. You should take pride in your position with Christ. So regardless of your circumstances, right? Regardless of your circumstances, it should not hinder you from rejoicing in God. Another way I'd say that is regardless of your position in life, it should not keep you from seeing your position with God. No matter where we are in life, whatever circumstances we face, it should not hinder our ability to rejoice in who God is and who he has made us to be. Matthew Henry, I love it, he's a, he's a commentator, and uh, man, y'all actually have access. Matthew Henry wrote, it's what's called like a concise commentary on the whole Bible. You can access it for free, it's online. I'd encourage you to look it up. It's one of the many great resources we have available to us. But Matthew Henry says this, he says, when our faith and our spirits rise and fall on second causes. Meaning, when, when our like spirits, our happiness, when it rises and falls on anything but God, is what he's saying. When it rises and falls on second causes, there will be unsteadiness in our words and our actions. This may not always expose men to contempt in the world, but such ways cannot please God. No condition of life is such as to hinder rejoicing in God, and that's what I think as we look at this passage, that's one of the main takeaways that we can have, is that no circumstance should keep us, should hinder us from rejoicing in God. 
So let's look at this passage, right, and say, like, how in the world does this relate to us, right? I'm going to read verse 9 again. It says, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. James, what do you mean? by that, believers in humble circumstances. First off, we need to talk about like what are humble circumstances. Humble circumstances, James is speaking in a financial aspect, but I think it's deeper than that, that it's not only in terms of our finances, right? In humble finances, maybe you don't have a lot of money, material possessions, but I also think it speaks to uh, our physical health, really, like our relational health and the access we have to people around us and the, maybe the family dynamic we grew up in, and some of y'all might feel like, man, I'm from humble circumstances. And it, says our, and it says that we ought to take pride in this high position. But if you notice the first word there, this, this can be tough, because I read this and I'm like, well, I'm not trying to be humble like in my finances. I'm not trying to be humble relationally. Uh, you, you know, I, I, don't, I, I like want to do well. I want these things to go well in my life. But James describes this as those in humble circumstances should take pride in their high position. But he mentions a word there right off the top. What does he say? He says, believers. Right at the top of verse nine, he says, believers in humble circumstances. What does he mean? He's saying people who have a relationship with God, who believe that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins, that Jesus died on a cross, he was crucified on a cross and killed, he was buried in a tomb and then three days later he rose from the grave, overcoming death in the grave, that people who put their faith and trust in him, believers, people who are following after Jesus, As James is writing to this to the people in his day, to be a believer was not just this thing that you're like, yeah, cool, I like believe in Jesus. There was persecution. It was a hard time to follow Jesus. There was pressures, but these people identified as believers. And so James is saying, hey, this way of living that I'm about to talk about only makes sense if you have a relationship with Christ. If you have a relationship with God, this is going to change the way you think, and you can have this mindset in your life. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. How is coming from humble circumstances something to take pride in? If you look at what our world is preaching and teaching, it's the exact opposite of that, that if you are impoverished or from humble circumstances, you gotta scratch, claw, fight, and do anything you can to get out of that circumstance. And there's some degree of that is really good. You should fight for a better life. You should fight to you know, gain financial independence and it's not a bad thing to acquire wealth. None of this is bad, but it cannot be the ultimate thing. So when we're in humble circumstances, right, what do humble circumstances provide? You know, there's people all around the world that lack power, possessions, and comfort. When we're in those humble circumstances, we lack power, we lack possessions, and we lack comfort. And think about this, all of these things when they're taken away from us should force us to see our need for a creator, should force us to see our need and our dependence on God. And so anytime there's something in your life that is making you more dependent on God, that's a great thing. Right, We talked about it a few weeks ago, that if dependence on God is the goal, then our weaknesses are actually an advantage because they show us that we need God. So when you lack power and you lack possessions and you lack comfort, it shows us a need for God. 
Let's talk about power for a second. There's people around our globe, around our world, that are entrapped in situations that were not from their own volition. There's people that are trapped without the power to make change. They don't have the power to get out of the circumstances that they're in. And what does that teach us? It shows us that we have a need to follow someone who's more powerful than us. What about when we lack possessions? There's two responses to that. Number one is, I don't have these possessions. I'm gonna do everything I can to get these possessions so that I'll be happy. And if you ask people who've gone from rags to riches, those riches will help them for a little while, but they're ultimately not gonna fulfill and bring joy and purpose into their life. Temporarily they might, but not when we think of it in an eternal perspective. You know, when you, other, the other side of that equation is when you have possessions or your lack of possessions, it shows you like, man, I don't need those things to make me happy. It's not things that make me happy. Let's talk about comfort, right? When we think of comfort, when we lack comfort in our lives, whether it be with our finances, our health, whatever it may be, when we lack comfort, it forces us to think, man, I'm looking forward to heaven. That there's a place where there's no weeping, no hurting, and no pain. You have a future hope in mind. It forces us to realize our need for God. So that's what James is getting at here. He's saying if you're from humble circumstances, you can actually take pride in that. Why is that a high position? Because it allows you to more easily see your need for God. Let's talk about a real world 2023 example of this. We just had our World Project Missions Conference here at High Street. And we got to hear from a missionary in London uh, named Brian Clark. And over the last 20 years, he and his family and his team, they've built this church, right, that uh, is now self-sustaining. It's ran by uh, people who, who, went, who live in London locally. And now they're going on to plant and to, to start another church. And we look at that and it's like, man, 20 years to do that? But that's wildly successful in London, the fact that they've got a church that's growing, that's self-sustaining, and they're going on to move and plant another church. You know why it's so challenging to do that in London is because people are comfortable, and you book that in comparison, why the gospel is spreading in regions of the world, that there's regions of the world where people don't have a lot. And the gospel has spread like wildfire. This Sunday, we'll get to hear from Pastor Eddie's brother, Greg Lyons. He's gonna be preaching. He's a missionary uh, in Asia. And his ministries have seen over a million people saved over the course of time that he's been doing that. They take hundreds of thousands of young people to camps every year. And do you know why the gospel spreads like wildfire there is because the people aren't so comfortable. They don't have all this stuff. When you talk to Brian Clark in Who's London, he says one of the biggest things that prevents the gospel from spreading is that people don't see their need for God because they have all of their physical needs met. He said it's hard for them to turn and to look and to see their need for a creator. It's actually a high position. Anything that causes you to set your mind towards God is a high position. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. You can take pride in that. As we move on to verses 10 and 11 here, um, th this is one of those pieces that honestly can be kind of hard to understand. I wanna read it again where it, it took me a while, like, man, like, what does this mean? It says, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom and its beauty is destroyed in the same way. The rich will fade away even while they go about their business. And so right here, what James does 
is he begins to like kind of create this picture, if you will. He creates this picture of a wildflower. Have y'all ever, is anyone like a window gazer on a trip? Anybody? That's me. I do too. My wife gets mad at me because I also do it while driving, so I hit a lot of rumble strips. Um, It's not a great thing for our marriage, but it is a thing that we're working through still. We're on year eight, and maybe by year 10, we will have some some different uh, thoughts in terms of this. But the the rumble strips, they get me because I look at things, okay? Especially churches. I don't know why. I love driving by churches and seeing, like, what they got going there? How's their building look? Uh, I'm a church nerd, okay? I'll just admit that to you. But I was driving through um, Oklahoma on my way to Texas with our staff team this spring. We were going down there for a conference, and there were all these flowers on the side of the road. And I'm over there. Googling, I'm like, what are these like wildflowers? They're blue, they're so pretty. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out what they are. And that like image to me helps me to understand this passage because we're in the springtime in Oklahoma. Have y'all ever been in Oklahoma in the summer? Anybody from Oklahoma in here? Yeah, it's a dirt patch, man. There's not like, why did people choose to live there? It's hot and it's just, it's not very pretty and they have bad roads. Um, but in Oklahoma, they have these pretty flowers that go along the side of the road. They're, they're blue uh, and purple. They're so, so nice. And I just thought, like, it has to be the springtime, the right season, the right temperature, the right amount of moisture. It has to be the right conditions for these flowers to be sustained. And what happens is when the sun comes, eventually it scorches them. And what that makes me think about and what I think James is painting a picture of here is how much we are in need of God to sustain us. You did not choose to wake up this morning and breathe. God is the one who allowed you to continue and to have another day of living. We are so dependent on God, more than we even recognize. But sometimes one of the dangers is is that in our riches, in our situation that is not humble, we can look at that and forget our need for God. You know, James talks about it here. He says, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation. The rich should take pride in their humiliation. He doesn't say pride in their position. Notice in the the first part of that verse, in verse nine, or first part of this passage in verse nine, he says, the humble in circumstances should take pride in their position. The rich should take pride in their humiliation. And I think that as we get this word in English, the New Testament was written in what was called, originally called Koine Greek. All right, that was common Greek language of the people of the day, common Greek, Koine Greek. And as it's translated, we get this word humiliation. But as we go back to the Greek and we look at this word, it really means like a low estate. It means lowliness. And elsewhere, when we read in scripture, I think as we see this word just a few times in the New Testament for humiliation, uh, we see it in Philippians chapter three, verses 20 and 21. And this is what Paul is writing here. And and if you'll pay attention to this, I think it gives more insight into the mindset we should have and the picture of what does it mean? Like why why should the rich take pride in their humiliation? It says this in verse 20 of Philippians three. It says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform, here's the word, our lowly bodies, right? This is the same word that we see in James chapter one, our lowly bodies. Why? So that, so that they will be like his glorious body. Paul in this passage right here, and we don't have time to talk about it too much, he's saying, you've gotta consider yourself a citizen of heaven, 
right? That there's more, there's an eternal, man, we have an eternity that awaits ahead of us. That we are eternal beings. We're not just gonna be like, man, hey, we're here for a few years and then it's done and we return to just being atoms that float around the universe. No, he's saying there's an eternity that's at play here. And he's saying that as we eagerly await from our Savior that one day our lowly bodies, our earthly bodies, they'll be what? So that they will be like the glorious body of Christ. There's a transformation that's gonna take place and there's a change that will take place for us. And so when we think about this word humiliation, really what James is getting at is that if we think that in our riches we're gonna just sustain ourselves and provide everything for us, we're wrong. You can be rich, you can be wealthy. I want as many of you in here to be wealthy as possible. I hope that's a part of your life, that you can use that wealth and you can bless other people with it and bless your families and future generations of your family. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that is everything to you, that's when we have to evaluate it and say, man, what, what is going on here? What am I truly chasing after in life? You know, a story that kind of paints a picture of that for me is there's a uh, guy named Brian Johnson. I don't know if any of y'all have ever heard of him. He sold his tech company for $880 million. That's a lot of money, all right? So he's almost a billionaire. $880 million he sold uh, his business for. He now spends $2 million every year trying to reverse his biological age. Did y'all know this, that people who are really wealthy, this is a thing that's happening right now, is they're spending a lot of money trying to figure out how they can reverse their biological clock. And so Brian Johnson is trying to stay 18. He's trying to reverse his biological age to 18 years old. He said the one thing that people haven't chased after enough in this life is existence, that they continue to exist. And you hear that, I would encourage you, go on YouTube, watch the news story that's out there about him, and you look at his life. And honestly, I, I look at it with a lot of sadness. I would love to have a conversation with him and just get to talk and to hear more of his mindset, honestly and why he wants to do this. He wakes up every morning and he takes 64 pills in the morning. He then spends his day on a strict regimen, strict diet. He takes another 40 pills throughout the day. He spends two hours, upwards of two hours, getting skin treatments. He takes blood from his teenage son and puts it inside of his body in order to try and become healthier. It's, it's a whole thing that he's got going. Two million dollars a year to try and do what? To try and reverse his biological age. But he's fighting a battle that's never been beaten by anybody but our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, the only one to overcome death in the grave. Outside of that, death is one for one. It's batting a 1,000. It's undefeated. And so Brian Johnson, he's spending all this time, all this effort, all this energy to one day pass away. One day, that will be the end of his life and it paints that picture of humiliation, that picture of our, our lowly bodies, our lowly estate, that one day all of this is gonna come to an end. You know, so, some of us, you know, I don't like to think about this, but as you read in verse 11, it's like, I think D-Chan said it a few weeks ago, it's like, we're gonna be saggy one day. Like, things aren't gonna look the same as they do right now for the rest of our lives. Like that, if you live long enough, you're gonna watch your physical body decay and fade away. 
And so we should take pride in the fact that there is a God in heaven who loves us, who cares about us, who cares enough about us that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins, that we can have a relationship with him. And one day we can be united with him in eternity in a place where there's no weeping and no hurting and no pain. This, this passage, like, again, outside of viewing it, if, if Jesus isn't who he was, said he was, if he wasn't the son of God, right, then this is kind of a crazy thing. Because if this isn't true, man, acquire and accrue as much riches as you want and do whatever you want as you go about your life. And just acquire, acquire, acquire. But James is pointing a picture that, hey, no matter what circumstance you're in, whether you're lowly, right? Maybe you don't like the finances you have. Maybe you don't like the way you look. Maybe you don't like uh, the family that you were given or the skills that you have. You feel like you're in humble circumstances. He's saying, hey, regardless of that, or whether you're rich, whatever it may be, regardless of your position, what matters most is your position with God. And I think about it like this. This is kind of one of the takeaway points here is that there is still a purpose in this life. So I wouldn't want you to hear all that and think like, man, like what am I supposed to do then? There's no purpose. You need to invest in what is eternal. What is temporary will always be temporary. And what is eternal is always going to be eternal. So you have a choice to make right now as a young adult. Am I gonna invest in what is going to last? Am I going to invest in my personal walk with God? Am I going to focus outwardly and invest in other people and help them take their next steps in their relationship with God? Am I gonna share the message of hope that I have? See, it changes everything as we approach it that way. We have a choice. What's eternal is always gonna be eternal. And what's temporary is always gonna be in temporary. So in response to that, we need to make a wise investment. What are we gonna invest in? You know, Jim Carrey, um, comedian, actor, he has this quote that it, it kind of went viral there for a little bit. You would see it um, shared on Instagram and uh, TikTok and things. And he said this, this is what Jim Carrey said, wildly successful. He said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see it's not the answer. This is a guy who's wildly successful. Almost every person in here knows him. He's famous financially wealthy, all these different things, and what was his conclusion? I hope that, he says, I hope that y'all all get it so that you can understand that that's not the purpose in life. In these words, right, that we find in scripture from James that were written hundreds of years ago, which seem like to some as that's archaic, not relevant anymore, why would we frame a, build a framework in our life around that? Jim Carrey's kind of hinting at like, man, James was onto something. That regardless of where you're at in life, whether humble circumstances or rich circumstances, you can take pride in your position because of your position with God. And when you have a relationship with God, what does that mean? It means adoption into God's family, that you are a son and a daughter of God, that you have a family, that you're part of something that's bigger than just yourself. 
and that you eventually, through your relationship with Christ, are gonna spend an eternity of heaven with God, fully healed, no brokenness, no, no weeping, no hurting, no pain. The things that plague us in this world will no longer be because we'll be united with God. And a relationship with God looks like this. It looks like saying yes. Scripture tells us in the book of Romans that everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And you might wonder like, man, they're always talking about that here. They always end their services or mention that when they're preaching. The reason that we say that every time because this is the most important thing that you could do is where is your faith? Who have you put your hope and your trust in? James mentions the beginning of verse nine right there. Believers people who've put their faith and trust in Christ. So that's why we mention it every time because it's the most important thing you can do. And if you wanna have a faith that works, if you wanna be more grounded, you wanna be more rooted in your life, you wanna live a life of wisdom and fulfillment and joy, true joy, true purpose, then that's the starting point. I wanna ask you to bow your heads 